friends, how's it going? It's a lovely Tuesday, um, and we are excited to be back with you. This is Doable Discipleship, which is a Saddleback Church podcast designed to help you deepen your faith, or as Brandon will say creepily from underneath his uh, shawl. Dang, you're just going to expose me like that? A show that helps you grow. <laughs> what Jason is referring to is I'm trying to work on the echo in our new place, so I have my setup in the closet, I have my robe over my head, and I look like it, it looks know, like a, cr- a ransom note or something. It looks look like crazy. a cross between like like you're in the Blair Witch Project, or or like you're the Emperor from Star Wars. It's like you know, <laughs> you have this whole look going on, and it's it's gonna make today rather fun. So um, yeah, friends, I, I hope that you're doing well, uh, Brandon. I'm assuming you're doing well. I'm doing well. Doing well. Blankets and ropes. I'm doing hey, well. It, it looks a little comfy. warm, but I'm doing it looks, okay. It looks comfy. Um, so as you as you guys probably know, since you clicked on this, we've been in this series um, on politics in the church, and we wanted to do this series right around the election time. And of course, last week's episode came out on election day, um, and so in, in interest of full disclosure. Uh, we are recording this episode on the Thursday after Election Day, on November 5th is today. And um, we still do not know the results of the election. By the time that you hear this on Tuesday, the uh, 10th, I mean, hopefully we'll have answers. Uh, I don't know. We may not still. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, but as of right now, we don't. So we're still living in kind of this state of mystery and um it, it just makes this series that we're in um, all the more um, timely because, you know, uh, it's important for us to have patience. It's important for us to still act Christ-like in these times, in, especially in times of uncertainty. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about faithfulness in a politicized world and basically looking at how do we stay faithful to Jesus when politics asks us to be faithful to it. So, Brandon, why don't you dive in here into 1 Corinthians for us? Yeah, well, I think it's exactly what you just said, right? Faithfulness in a politicized world. How do we do that well? How do we stay faithful to Jesus when there's so many other things that are pulling on our allegiances? Um, What I think, I want to start off with 1 Corinthians 1, 10 through 13. And we don't usually start off with a passage of scripture, but I think it's important for where we're going in the episode. It says this, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is Paul speaking, that all of you agree with one another in what you say and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly united in mind and thought. My brothers and sisters, some from Chloe's household have informed me that there are quarrels among you. What I mean is this. One of you says, I follow Paul. Another, I follow Paulus. Another, I follow Cephas, that's Peter. Still another, I follow Christ. Paul says, is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Were you baptized in the name of Paul? And what I love about this is, I think the point I want to make is this. It's natural to want to hitch our wagons to a certain leader. It's natural to... This is human nature. This is what we normally do. This is why there are captains on sports teams because people want to follow a leader. And this is happening in the church, but Paul's saying this is leading to division. And Paul's saying, no, 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 no. Be perfectly united in mind 
in thought. And then he ties the leaders, including himself. He says, is Christ divided? Was I crucified for you? Were you baptized in the name of me in the name of Paul? No, you weren't. And I think if we contemporize this, if we bring it to our current reality, it's, I feel like the church is in this spot as well, where we're saying, one saying, I follow Trump. Another saying, I follow Biden. Another saying, I follow, I don't know, whoever in a different party. Kanye. Um, Kanye, right? I saw that he 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 conceded. He got some votes. <laughs> he got <laughs> he some votes. Some he, votes. <laughs> he got some votes and he tweeted out he, he'll be back in 2024. So, you know, mark your calendars for that. Um, but the point I'm making is we can be a great follower of a certain leader. We can be a great Republican. We can be a great Democrat. We can be a great follower of a certain leader or a certain party and still miss following Jesus. We can still miss the boat, even though we can be great at following somebody else. And that's important to note for where we're going with this episode. Yeah, and it's, well, we probably touched on this a lot, and, but it's, to me, it's just so important. And it's something that uh, I, I think about a lot, even when we're not just recording these podcasts is is just trying to remind the church and Christians that politics and your party preference is not your religion. And some people, I That's think, good. make it so. I think they're, mm-hmm. and I, I, and it may even be unknowingly, but it can it can easily happen where. Um, the majority of your time or your thought life is spent thinking about your party or your candidate or, you know, that kind of stuff, or you start to change your worldview starts to warp um, based on what certain people are saying in politics, or maybe your news um, preferences are saying. And and that's what's so great about this passage from First Corinthians is this is just great kind of punch in the gut reminder of um, it's not about anybody but Jesus. And that's what is so important to remember that we are voting right now and, and have voting. The votes are still being counted as we're talking for for two people, but neither of those people is Jesus. And neither were crucified for you and you you weren't baptized in anyone's name (laughs) exactly exactly and and it's made the church even it's made made the country most definitely as you can see from how long it's taking to count these ballots and just how close it is but it's made the church also feel like it is split and divisive and that there's all of this angst underneath the surface in the church even because there are some people who believe to, in order to be a Christian, you have to vote for Trump, or in order to be a Christian, you have to vote for Biden, or, or some people say in order to be a Christian, you, you should not vote, like, but like you can't put that support on any individual person. And it's it, it, honestly, the big encouragement is just to take kind of a step back, pause, and turn your eyes back to the word for a little bit. And just remind yourself of this truth that Paul is saying, right? That I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, 
which we are members of the family of God, and we are brothers and sisters, no matter with you, if you are Republican or Democrat or have a preference. And you, if you are, if you have asked Christ to be your savior, if you have accepted him as your savior, and you um, are a brother and sister, that all of you agree with you, that all of you agree with one another in what you say, and that there be no divisions among you. Does that sound like us right now? No, it doesn't. Because we are letting no, not at all. Because we are letting the world of, of politics and government and public policy be the dictators of what we talk about in church. And that can how we express our faith or how we even see our faith. Exactly. Exactly. We for somehow and I, I I don't I don't know how fully we've got there. I, I we could talk about this for hours on end. Probably. <laughs> I have no doubt. But it's just it's it's crazy to talk about that we've put politics as a lens. It's the glasses that we are wearing to see our faith where it should be the opposite. And um and that's just something that that we as the church we need to take back hold of of where we are putting our flag. We are putting our flag in front of the cross. We're not putting mm-hmm. our flag in the White House. And mm, that's good. So so what we want to talk about in this episode today when we're talking about faithfulness, we want to look at some steps, at some questions. Uh, to be asking ourselves and some steps that we could take to ensure that we are staying faithful to Jesus, even when politics is asking uh, or trying to take forcefully your faithfulness. Um, so the first step we want to talk about is, is, is a question. Do we pray or are we praying for those you disagree with, right? And maybe that's a, hmm, like right away you can go, oh, I haven't been doing that lately, or, or no. No way do I even want to why, do that. Yeah, why would I do that, right? Um, right, and I remember, I remember when, I think it was when uh, President Trump was first elected and even i mean all throughout um his administration there was a lot of 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 talk in chiding from republicans telling everybody or mostly telling uh non-trump people that the bible says that you need to be praying for your leaders kind of stuff and it's like yes we should be praying for our leader no matter if you voted for them or not for them but at the same time even trump support like if you if you were a trump supporter you should also then still be praying for those people who you disagree with praying for mm-hmm. um <laughs> uh, if, if you are i like praying for nancy pelosi you know if she you know she, she, she is somebody who's not on your side but she's still a leader she is the leader of, of the house of representatives so it's like are you doing that. So it's just making sure that you are not putting forth your position, um, but being hypocritical and not doing it yourself, right? Um, praying for those that you disagree with, 
is such a great way to remind yourself of who God is, to remind yourself that we as Christians are brothers and sisters, no matter which side you're on, or I should say which side you support. Um, and as we've said before, proximity breeds empathy. And so when you are praying for somebody else on who you disagree with, you are by nature going to have a little bit more empathy for them. And then if you continue to pray, it'll continue to grow. Um, let's read Matthew 5, 43 through 48. It says, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your father in heaven. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good. He sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. What this is talking about is getting to this place of not thinking of somebody who is who thinks differently than you as your enemy. Instead, thinking mm -hmm. of them as another person that God made who you may disagree with, but you should still want God's blessing on them and still be praying for them. We should never be praying for evil to happen or for bad things to happen or for somebody to hurt. Instead, we can pray for better understanding of their views. We should be praying for, it could be a position of praying for a softening of her heart if there is a certain issue that is kind of stuck. It could be praying for circumstances to change. It could be praying, but ultimately it's saying, it's saying, God, you love that person. You love that person. Yeah. Help me to see that person with the love that you have for them. And this is a hard work, right? Like nobody wants to pray for pray for your enemy or to love your enemy, but this is what we're called to as followers of Christ. I was thinking about this. Um, it was, it was yesterday actually. And I was thinking, yeah, like my stomach turns a little bit, even as, as I was reading this passage, but with that, it's like, well, I need to ask myself the question, like, what do I want to be about? Do I really want to live this thing out or not? Do I really want to walk this faith out or not? And if I do, if I'm serious about it, then this is, this, this is what it looks like. This is what it looks like to be countercultural. This is what it looks like to be, to live fully in the kingdom of God. It, it's upside down. It doesn't make sense to the world. Um, but there's wisdom here in loving, um, loving your enemies. And I like that Jesus says, like, you've heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy, right? Like that's, he's saying like culturally, society wise, this is the agreed upon, everyone has stacked hands on this. Hey, love those who love you, love your neighbor, hate your enemy this is what you've accepted. This is, this is what makes sense in your context. But Jesus is saying like, no, but, but I tell you, I'm going to flip this upside down, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And I think that's really interesting to pray for those who persecute you mm -hmm. because that 
it denotes like an, an active will against somebody else actively. I'm, to, to actively persecute someone is not a passive, it's, it's active. And Jesus is saying, no, love your enemies and pray for those who are actively working against you so that you may be children of your father in heaven. And that is powerful. And that's the work that we're all called to as followers of Christ. That's the, it's not cute. It's not like fun to put on Instagram or Facebook. There's nothing shiny about it. It's just the gritty gut level hard work that we all need to do. And that's possible because we have the spirit of God living inside of us. I also think about um, friendship, right? Like, are we friends with whoever the quote unquote other is? I was reading an article by Andy Stanley. He's a pastor out of uh, Atlanta, Georgia. And he was, he wrote, you know, if you're thinking, well, I don't even know anybody I disagree with politically. He says, that's a problem. And maybe that's the reason why you, you feel like you're so convinced that you're right. Maybe you believe you're so right because you don't have you don't have anyone else who can challenge the ideas, who can challenge the thoughts that you do have. And just because a thought or an idea that you've you've held or conviction is challenged doesn't mean you have to change your mind. But looking into that and living with humility will say, I'm I'm willing to hear you out. I'm willing to listen. I'm willing to reconsider my position. I'm willing to listen to you, even if you land in the same spot, even if you say, you know what? I hear what you're saying. I understand how you got there. I understand why you believe that. I've landed in the exact same spot that I was or I haven't moved, but it gives you a different level of empathy for the other, which makes it easier to love that person, which makes it easier to even enter into a friendship with that person. Yeah, and, uh, and friends, I wanna recognize that this isn't always easy to do, right? There no. are plenty of Gosh, times no where uh, I, I engage with this and I do not want to uh, be praying for people that frustrate me or I disagree with. Believe me, I, um, <laughs> there everything are, in you doesn't want to do it. Exactly, it's exactly. It, and um, so, so, so first off, let's recognize that, is that this is not always easy and rarely is it easy, but um, there's a reason why Jesus says this, right? It's because he wants us to remember um, that deep down, each person is an image bearer of God, that each person uh, was made by God, is loved by God, and that we are called to think likewise. And one step towards that, to help us in that, is through prayer. And when we are praying, we are connecting ourselves with the spirit that is living in us. And anytime we engage with the spirit in us, we are, he is going to grow us and he is going to mold us and shape yeah. us more into the likeness of Christ. So prayer is a big part of that. And especially praying for your enemies or for those who persecute you, people who think differently than you, people you disagree with, people who frustrate you. Um, yeah, just imagine how much better you would feel if instead of getting all wound up and riled up in anger, you just went to prayer, right? And just yeah. kind of allowed God's spirit to just kind of take hold of you at that time and just be, okay, I'm, I'm just going to bring it to God. I'm just going to engage with God. And then you start to feel that fruit come in. You start feeling that peace. 
and that patience mm-hmm. with that you come in, right? Brandon, I, I, I'm going to assume that uh, that there are plenty of people you also don't feel like praying for. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and please hear it. Like, and for you, it's, it's a saying... soccer team. Like you, you <laughs> do not want to be praying for anybody except the Charlotte um, soccer team. I don't, Charlotte I don't, FC. Well, we haven't FC. started playing yet, okay. but I'm also a big Arsenal fan, English Premier League. Um, okay, well, I'm a Tottenham so, guy. Okay, well, I'm just. I, I mean, I, well, we I have don't, to stop this podcast immediately. I don't follow. <laughs> I cannot pray for you. I don't. Follow, <laughs> I, I don't know anything about English Premier League, so don't ask. Oh <laughs> well, no, they're Arsenal, Tottenham, huge rivals. Oh, um, are they? Well, I just chose yeah, that. Yeah, no, they're okay. they're both in the same part of uh, North London, so they're they're mm. they're big time rivals. Anyway, you guys did not come here to listen to uh, English Premier League, or maybe soccer. you did. Or maybe you did. If you did, let us know. Send us an email. I would love to talk with you. Um, but yeah, no, serious note, not at all saying that this is easy. I'm saying this is the really hard, unglamorous work that no one really pats you on the back for, that no one says like, great job, because you can't see it. People can't congratulate it. People can't, you, you know what I'm saying? This is hard, but this is the work of the kingdom. This is what it looks like to live into the kingdom of God and be different, to be a different people, a different community here on earth where people say, that's not normal. You're not normal. Like Jesus said, you've heard that it was said, and that's still true in our day. It's true in our day. Love your neighbor, hate your enemy, or love those who love you, hate your enemy. And Jesus is calling us and saying, no, flip that upside down on its head. If you want to live into the kingdom of God, he says, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Is that easy? Absolutely not. And I think it's probably a lifelong pursuit to continue to come back and come back over and over and over again. And sometimes you pray with peace. Sometimes you pray with incredible frustration and anger, but keep continue to pray, continue to bring it to God. Uh, don't stop bringing it up. Don't stop talking about it because this is important for who we are as the family of God to be brothers and sisters in Christ. We have to be honest. Yeah. So moral of the story here, hopefully we've know who has won the election by the time you're listening to this. So no matter who it is, take a moment and pray for them. Yeah. No matter who you are, (laughs) pray for them. Um, That's you know what? As soon as we're done recording this, I will do that too. Um, All right, let's make let's let's do that. Yeah. Uh, okay. So we talked about um, the first step that we talked about is praying for those you disagree with. The second thing that we want to hit on right now is uh, confess your blind spots. Confessing mm-hmm. your blind spots. Um, we need humility. We've talked about humility a lot, and humility is uh, is a big thing for me right now. That's something that I'm spending a lot of time thinking about uh, because, because pride is, is an issue that I have. I can think that, that I may know better or know what, and it can, it's not always easy for me to admit when I'm wrong or uh, admit that I just don't know something. Uh, but there are many things of which I know little or nothing. And um, it's important to remind yourself or myself in my case, that when I, if I make assumptions about another person's beliefs, then they are just assumptions. I do not know what that person has been through. I do not know their past. I do not know their present and I do not know their future. And so, um, so that's, uh, it, 
it, that is a blind spot. If you're just assuming, if you're thinking something, even just based on their political preference, you know, which they may have advertised by a flag or a sign in front of their house, um, then you may try to make these assumptions. But those assumptions are a blind spot. You do not know uh, what is going on in that person's life. Similarly, there are plenty things, uh, pl pl plenty of things regarding the issues of politics, the policy positions, the platform, you know, economics. International relations, uh, you know, all all of that stuff that I know uh, little to nothing about, and so um, just being aware of the things that we do not live in day to day, yeah, of the things we do not know, and um, also be mindful that a uh, you can sure try to make yourself sound like an expert on social media, but that does not make you an expert. And so just being, being humble about the things that, that we just don't know, that are blind spots, being humble that there are experts who spend so much time thinking about things and studying things and researching things that may have, you know, a different perspective or it's not as much of a blind spot as, as what you have. Um, that there are things that I know a lot about and there are things that I do not know a lot about. There are things that I can see and have a perspective on and there are things that I do not currently have a perspective on and that, that I could spend okay more time that. with. And that is 100% okay to say with. Okay. Yes. Um, it's okay. Yeah. 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 Go ahead. Um, it, it's like you're saying the humility piece to say, you know what? I can't assume why someone has voted the way they do or have the way they have. I don't, I don't know. I have no idea. There's a lot, there's a lot that goes into it. And also um, I don't understand and, and know all of the nuances of every policy position. We would do well to say that. And it's okay to say that. And I want to say, you know, as followers of Christ, in Christ, we can be weak. We can have limitations. We don't have to know everything. And, and that's okay. And I think that's one of the more beautiful things about following Christ actually is we don't have to be know-it-alls um, because we can rest in the fact that Jesus is in control. Jesus does know it all. And because of that, we can be humble. Because of that, we can admit our faults, our weaknesses, our limitations. And because of that, we can listen. Um, I think limitations and listening go hand in hand. Weakness and listening go hand in hand. If you cannot admit that you're weak, then you cannot listen to somebody else. If you cannot admit that you have limitations, you cannot listen to somebody else. If you can't listen to somebody else, you're gonna have a really hard time loving that person. You're gonna have a really hard time praying for that person. Uh, so this is like vital to, to who we are, to living into this, you know, like we're saying this new kingdom reality in that we, you don't, you don't access that by being the smartest, strongest, biggest, fastest person in the room. You access it by saying, you know, I, I'm relying on Jesus. I don't have all the answers. I don't know everything. Um, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay admitting that. Yeah. And, and at the same time, um, it's okay to admit mistakes because then it gives you the opportunity to grow and to learn. Right. Yes. If, yes. If, if you think that you know everything, then there's no room for learning and growing. And we're called to be continuously learning and growing, right? Um, and so it's important. To, I think it's a great, like, imagine being in your small group with people who you trust or you know, and every week or every other week or whatever, you went around the room and just asked, 
what was one mistake that you made in the last week or two weeks? And, and how have you grown from that mistake? Right? Like it not only encourages that humility of recognizing it's okay to talk about things that, that we did wrong. Everybody does things that are wrong. It's, it's okay. But then it also encourages that, that accountability to think in terms of growth out of it, not just let mistakes go by, but instead think, okay, how can I do things differently or should have done things differently or, or, you know, whatnot, you're growing. Um, so anyway, that's just what I wanted to hit on. Confessing your blind spots. In confession, friends, good for the soul. Confess. It is good for the soul. It's actually a, a Christian discipline and practice. Um, also want to make notes. So we talked about praying for enemies. We talked about confessing our blind spots. Number three, don't anoint a candidate and or party as God's candidate and party. We do not know that. Um, it's actually impossible to, to know that. Um, and what, when we do that, when we say my party is God's party or Jesus has anointed my candidate, when we do that, we're pulling Jesus who is King. And when we say that, we mean Jesus who is supreme and transcendent over all of the earth, over all earthly kingdoms, governments, countries, nations, peoples, you name it. And we pull him all the way down into an itty, 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 little bitty system. We don't know if that's God's candidate or God's party. We, and Jesus is God's anointed. There already is one who's anointed. So it's not whoever is running for this or that or running in this election or going to be running in 2024. No, Jesus is God's anointed. Jesus is God's selection. Jesus is God. Jesus is king. And we cannot pull a transcendent king. We cannot pull God into the constraints and confines of our political parties. There's a passage, Jason, and it's funny actually, because you're in this passage, or at least your name is in this passage of um, Acts 17. And kind of what's what's going on is Paul, he's in, uh, I think it's Thessalonica at this point. Um, and he's reasoning, it says he's reasoning in the synagogues on the Sabbath days, explaining that Jesus is the proclaimed Messiah, or he's saying that Jesus is King. And this bothered some of the Jewish elite and leaders in the city. Um, and they go, they, they try to, they try to run them out of the city and they go looking for them. And it picks up in verse seven, six and it says this, but when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some other believers before the city official shouting, these men who have caused trouble all over the world, that's Paul and followers of Christ, have now come here and Jason has welcomed them into his house. They're all defying Caesar's decrees, saying that there is another king, one called Jesus. And that's really important for what we're talking about here. Because um, if you're thinking about it, in this context, in this, in this setting, Caesar is king. And to say Caesar is king is a, is a highly charged political statement. You're saying there is no one above Caesar. There is no one supreme or trans, can transcend Caesar. He is king. He is ruler over all. And then here you go having these Christ followers. Here you go having Paul saying, no, 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 no. Caesar is not king. Jesus is king. Now, if we can, we, if we, we fast forward that, right? If we bring it into our 21st century, it's like saying, no, 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 no. 
America is not king or no, 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 no. Joe Biden is not king or no, 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 no. Donald Trump is not king. Jesus is king. Jesus is Lord. And that in itself is a very strong political statement. But again, it's what makes the people of God different is that yes, we participate, but we don't bow down to the political systems uh, that we live in and we should not. And we, and we don't, and we're not called to Jesus is King. And we ultimately surrender to Jesus and everything falls in place underneath Jesus, including our politics including our government, including our nation, including our pastors, including our churches, including or whatever you name it. It all sits under the feet of Jesus. Yeah, it's, um, you know, it's kind of a good little uh, question to be asking yourselves is kind of this question of, um, am I letting uh, Joe Biden or Donald Trump uh influence my doctrine or influence my views of god because if so if you if you think that you that you may be then that is putting um the candidate or the person in a higher position than god and that's not what you want (laughs) and again oftentimes friends this is this happens unintentionally oftentimes we don't even realize that we've gotten to this place it can be a slippery slope where these things just kind of start to chip away right um but uh, yeah a big part of what it means to make sure that we are maintaining our faithfulness to jesus rather than to politics is by is, is is are you saying you know this you know this person is you know is is anointed in this uh, is god's party is god's game. and friends both sides both sides do that okay mm-hmm. there Absolutely. there are people on both sides who say that their party is the god party or 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 is the party that god would endorse like so it happens on both sides um i just i just wanted to clarify god that. has endorsed his people the church. That's who God has endorsed. Yes. yes. That, that, that's great. God has endorsed his people, the church. I like that. Um, a final question that we just want to touch on. So we've talked about, do you, we pray for those who you disagree with, do you, uh, confessing your blind spots, don't anoint a candidate in, or party as God's candidate or party. And then a, a, quite, a final question to kind of ask is, does what concerns God concern you so where are you going what is the source of how you see the world and think about the world and care about the world right is it just in terms of well i'm concerned about this because this is a platform position of my party or because my candidate has said this or because Mm. i see this on the news all the time that's why i believe this is a big issue or are you going to scripture and looking at the things that Jesus talks about, looking at the things in the word that God tells us that the church should be concerned with, right? Caring for the poor, caring for the sick, comforting the brokenhearted, um, um, helping others, spreading the word, sharing the gospel, 
right? It goes back to the great commandment and the great commission. Are, are you focused and concerned on loving God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, and loving your neighbor as yourself? And are you concerned with going forth and baptizing um, and in looking at, in looking at what Jesus did, right? We are called yeah. to follow Jesus's model. We are called towards Christ's likeness. And so what that means is looking at how Christ lived, at what he concerned himself with, and just in seeing what what the Bible talks about. So is so what is your driving force in the things that you concern yourself with in the world? Is it the things of God? Or is it the things of man, right? And that's kind of, it's it's a little heart check type of question of, of, of where am I getting the things that I should be concerned about? Is it what I'm hearing talked about um, at campaign rallies or in agendas or on the news stations of my preference? Or am I going back to, to the Bible and saying, okay, here are the things that God says I should be concerned about. We should be caring for the widows and orphans, right? Okay. Yeah. So what does that look like? You know, we can read stories like the Good Samaritan and seeing how he crossed those cultural lines to help those who needed help. And so is that, yeah, is that something yeah. uh, that, that I am concerning myself with, right? And um so it just it, it kind of opens up this this avenue of, of 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 our approach to to how we view things and how we want to go about engaging um, with things. Is there anything you wanted to say about that, Brandon? Yeah, I would say, you know, read the Sermon on the Mount, read Matthew five through seven, and that will give you a good kind of snapshot of what is Jesus talking about? What is he teaching on? Um, and just sitting with that for a little bit, you know, and allowing yourself to marinate in Jesus's words, allowing yourself to just, um, just, just soak in it and take it in. And I think we don't do that enough. I think we go to, um, we cut on the news or we get on Facebook or we get on Instagram or, or whatever it may be. And we just, are thrown into this new cycle. We're thrown into this, this hype machine um, that's 24 seven. And we don't take enough time to stop, to step outside of that system, to sit with the scriptures and say, God, what concerns you? Does this concern me? God, am I missing it? Am I not seeing something? Reveal your truth to me, reveal these things to me. And I think that's a prayer that God is always going to honor and is going to answer. And I I would just encourage, take a break, get outside, step outside, turn off the TV, log off of Facebook, log off of Instagram, social media, and be with God, sit with God, sit with the scriptures. Let it, let it minister to your soul. Does what concern God concern you? Because I say that because if we're really going to um, stay faithful to Jesus in this extremely divided and politicized world, we're going to need times where we're disengaging from the machine. We're disengaging from the 24 seven news cycle. We're disengaging from our timelines to listen and to be with God and to be refreshed and to be filled up. And we need that. We desperately need that. We, we, we know we don't need more um, vitriol. We don't need more people who are 
always hyped up, always amped up and ready to, you know, go on attack mode. We need people who can be, as we talked about before in our podcast, a non-anxious presence that can carry the peace of God with them into conversations and into their communities. That's what's going to be the difference. That's what's going to make us look different. And that's what's going to make, I think, um, Jesus all the more attractive in our communities. I agree. Um, all right. So that was kind of a look at faithfulness in a politicized world. We want to end with a couple doables. First is that um, if you hadn't gotten to listen to it, so not this past weekend's message, last weekend's message, I don't know yet what Rick is going to talk about this coming weekend, which is the weekend right past when you're listening to this. I'm confusing my, I'm confusing you and myself and talking about it, but um, it was last week's message. It would have been I, on. I know it was last week's October message 31st. from now. Yes, was um, was a great message um, for this political season. So I'd encourage really you if you hadn't gone yes. back yet to check that out. Um, we will link it in the show notes. David, say hi, David. Okay, he's in the show. So that will be in the show notes, and then um, I, I wanted to encourage you to check out. The personal retreat guide, we'll link that in the show notes as well. Um, but so if, if what we talked about was making sure we're emphasizing and putting our faithfulness in God, what that means is spending time with God, taking time yeah. away from the hustle and bustle, t- t- stepping away from you know, the politics of everything just for a little bit and putting our focus back on God. And the, one of the best ways to do that is through a time of personal retreat, just spending some set aside time away with God. So we have this retreat guide that can lead you through um, your own personal retreat time. So we'll link that in the show notes as well. Yep. Um, so I encourage you to check that out. Um, uh, friends, we hope that you are doing well. Uh, you know, we are speaking t- to that five days in advance of when this episode releases, but we hope Keep everything is well. <laughs> Keep taking deep breaths and Drink um, water. Yeah. And so, so we have um, a couple more episodes uh, ideas for kind of in this same vein of this series. And then we are getting prepped for a December series going through uh, Advent, I believe is what yeah, we're going to do. Right? Excited right? for that. So, yeah. So that'll be great. So um, we love you guys. And uh, we, we are praying yes. for you. Uh, please be praying for us as well. We always appreciate that. And no, that's uh, good. Yeah. Pray for us as well. Yeah. We, we need it. Yes, we do. We love that. <laughs> um, and then uh, otherwise, we will see you uh, next Tuesday. See you soon. If you enjoyed this episode, consider giving us a rating or review on iTunes. If you do, you'll help other people find us in the future. You can also listen to these episodes on YouTube. Just subscribe to the Saddleback Church YouTube channel for these conversations, plus lots of other video content. And if you are already listening to us on YouTube, subscribe to the Doable Discipleship Podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting app so you can listen in the car or wherever else you go. Don't forget to visit saddleback.com slash 
doable to check out all of our previous episodes. And go to saddleback.com slash grow to find spiritual growth resources and view a calendar of upcoming events. Lastly, you can always get in touch with us by emailing maturity at saddleback.com. Send us your thoughts, send us your questions, your Bible questions, your life questions, whatever. Who knows? Your question might just inspire an upcoming episode. Thanks again for tuning in to Doable Discipleship. I'm Jason Whelan, and I hope you'll join us again next week. Thank you.